level. Trump's gambit in going to speak at the CIA was like walking into a den of vipers. Indeed, the president wore an overcoat and never took it off, and he left after just 15 minutes. Trump could have been wearing a bulletproof vest under the greatcoat. More likely, he never intended to make more than a whistle stop, a political stunt to distract attention from the massive women's march going on outside at that very moment in hundreds of cities and towns in the United States and across the world, not least the U.S. capital, Washington, D.C., where the crowd matched those of the greatest protests of the 1960s and 1970s against the Vietnam War. President Trump's appearance at CIA headquarters took place while the protesters gathered. The bad blood meant the president had an opportunity to mend fences. But the event took on an odd character. One of the main features of the old headquarters building at Langley is what is called the Memorial Wall. The wall has a star chiseled on it for each CIA officer who has given his or her life for the nation. Some of the stars have no names, for the persons they represent are considered undercover even in death. At the moment, there are 117 stars chiseled there. The wall has special meaning for America's spies. President Trump entered the building and stood in front of the wall to make his speech. Trumpian bombast soon sent the president off on tangents, boasting of his intelligence, his inaugural crowds, and denouncing the media. Some CIA folk were angered by Trump's use of the memorial wall to stage what was essentially a political event. His only reference to the wall was to his standing in front of that very, very special monument. As if nothing had happened between the spooks and their leader, Trump called his spies very, very special people. He implied a peace officer. The president made the point that he'd selected the CIA for his very first public event, accused the media of making up the feud between him and the spooks, and declaimed, I just want you to know I am so behind you. Or again, I love you, I respect you, there's nobody I respect more. Trump intoned that he would give the spies so much backing they would want less, and he presumed that most of them, at one of America's less political agencies, had voted for him. The jocularity seemed awkward, but it was pure Trump. But more important are the bits and pieces of what President Trump said that truly concerned the CIA and U.S. intelligence. Great things, of course. In terms of concrete aims, there was one. Radical Islamic terrorism. In a clearer hint, he spoke of Iraq and Syria and the group called ISIS, oil, and how the United States should have kept it when we fought there before, but maybe we'll have another chance. The wars had gone on for longer than any America has fought before. More generally, the president said, we have not used the real abilities that we have. Equally ominously, we have to start winning again. For what does President Trump want us to use those capabilities? His modus operandi on subject after subject since announcing his plans to run for president had been to assert that he had a strategy but refused to reveal what it might be. Off-the-cuff remarks promising one thing or another substitute. His cry of America first implied a withdrawal from the world scene. Conversely, at various times, the new U.S. leader has promised to put more of the CIA's operations officers into the field, to smite enemies harder than ever, in particular in Syria and Iraq, as indicated earlier.
Not long into his presidency, he answered Syrian government chemical attacks against citizens with American cruise missiles. Trump promised tortures even more severe than those of the CIA under George W. Bush, to the degree that former spy chieftains warned Trump he'd have to bring his own pail to interrogation sessions. Since his CIA speech, President Trump has told an interviewer that he will defer to the views of his agency director and his secretary of defense, but that he personally thinks torture works well. The president repeated that formula at the press appearance, marking his first meeting with a foreign leader, Prime Minister Theresa May of the United Kingdom, even as the British leader rejected torture. Meanwhile, President Trump reached outside the intelligence establishment for his CIA director, appointing Michael Pompeo, a West Point graduate and Tea Party supporter who, as a congressional representative from Kansas, had sat on the House Intelligence Committee and called for the execution of Edward Snowden. His first director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, was another politician.